on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer, chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer. I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Eruk the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echol. Vientalam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Just a warning that today's podcast contains details of sexual abuse that some people may find distressing. Please welcome January 2024, the WWE has just scored a supreme smackdown of success. For the first time in over a quarter of a century, a man has gone back to back to win the Royal Rumble match. I think the word Netflix is actually very important for this. And, you know, a 10-year deal with Raw. It's a big deal. Uh, well, yesterday, The Rock himself announced his appointment to the board of directors for TKO, which is the parent company of the WWE and the UFC. But all of that would change dramatically. Vince McMahon, the most influential person in the world of wrestling and the face of the global phenomena WWE, has hit headlines for the wrong reasons. WWE founder Vince McMahon has resigned as executive chairman of the wrestling company's parent organization. He's facing disturbing allegations of sexual assault, trafficking, and physical abuse. The Wall Street Journal reporting McMahon paid a former employee who he allegedly had an affair with $3 million to keep her quiet. Now, one woman has stepped forward with shocking accusations of sex trafficking, sexual abuse, and hush money. I'm Denise Callanan, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by the Irish independence Dave Hanratty to take us through the latest on the controversy rocking the world of sport entertainment and a look at the man behind the allegations. 
Dave, when did the Vince McMahon controversy start? Bring us back to the beginning. Well, it kind of started in 2022 when it was announced that he'd actually spent an awful lot of money on various different settlements. But at the time, it was all anonymous. We can get into that down the line here. But last week, it broke that a woman who had received a payout from former WWE boss Vince McMahon has accused him and the company and a former executive working for the company of sex trafficking as part of a new lawsuit. It's a 67-page document. The woman has now been named. Her name is Janelle Grant. She worked for the company at the WWE's corporate headquarters and said that she was abused and sexually exploited by Vince McMahon when he was chief executive for a period of time. And this was different to the lawsuit that she had previously filed. What happened in 2022? It's different in the sense that at the time she had agreed to a $3 million, I guess, payoff with regards to a non-disclosure agreement being signed. So a settlement, out of court settlement was made and she was named at the time under the auspices of that agreement. Now, she alleges that only $1 million of the $3 million has been paid to her and that Vince McMahon simply stopped paying what he was due to pay her. As a result, the lawsuit has been brought forward. This emerged in 2022. So an anonymous tip was put forward about their relationship, but this all led to a major investigation. And it was found at the time that Vince McMahon had paid $14.6 million to different women, including Janelle Grant, who had accused him of sexual misconduct. And that was out of roughly $20 million that should actually have been booked as business expenses. There is, in amongst that money that we just mentioned, there was a revelation of a $7.5 million settlement with a former woman wrestler who has not been named. She is currently anonymous. In that situation, it was alleged that Vince McMahon had coerced her into giving him oral sex and then demoted her, ultimately declined to renew her contract in 2005 after she resisted further sexual encounters. But she and her attorney approached Vince McMahon 13 years later in 2018 and negotiated that payment. So there are numerous things coming to light at the moment, but the main focus as of now is on Janelle Grant and the $3 million settlement that she is saying was not fully completed. So Janelle Grant and Vince McMahon, how did they first meet each other? So the lawsuit alleges that she met Vince McMahon in March of 2019 after an introduction from a manager in her apartment building. Vince McMahon was living in the penthouse of the same apartment building at the time. Now, she was looking for a job because at the time, up until that moment, she had actually been acting as a caregiver for both of her parents, both of whom have since passed away. So she was in this kind of vulnerable position and she was introduced to Vince McMahon. As a result, a relationship was formed and he gave her a job in WWE's corporate offices. Now, the job that he gave her effectively was a makeshift position. She wasn't really required to do much actual work. Uh, The job she was given was an administrator core coordinator, one created by Vince McMahon specifically for her in WWE's legal department. Now, according to this lawsuit, Janelle Grant has expressed concerns that the job felt unearned as far as she was concerned. But she was told, according to this lawsuit by Vince McMahon, that all she needed to do was not tell anybody about that and that it, quote, just has to look legitimate. There's a report in the Wall Street Journal which broke the story last week which noted that her colleagues were complaining about having an incredible workload, an intense workload, but she had nothing to do. So Janelle Grant works for Vince McMahon in WWE. What are some of the allegations that Ms. Grant has said happened throughout that time? 
The truth is that they're genuinely quite stomach-turning. Like the lawsuit, which is extremely detailed, like I say, it is 67 pages. Now, the Wall Street Journal, when they broke the story, kind of provided a summary. It describes in graphic detail her account of her interactions with Vince McMahon during the time period of working for the company. The chief kind of headlines of this are that she says that she was subject to rape and that she was subject to sex trafficking, that she was effectively a sex slave that was passed around for different people uh, under the direction and instruction of Vince McMahon. This is what the lawsuit alleges. She refers to one workday on the 23rd of June in 2021, where she says, and the lawsuit says, that Vince McMahon locked Janelle Grant inside his private locker room at WWE's offices and forced himself on her over a massage table. Later that day, his personal assistant delivered $15,000 in Bloomingdale's gift cards to Grant in her office. There's also another one where she said that a week prior to this, Vince McMahon and another WWE executive locked her in an office in WWE's headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut on June 15, 2021, and took turns sexually assaulting her while other staff were working outside in the same building. And the lawsuit goes on to detail much more graphic situations. There's a report of a three-way sexual encounter that she had with Vince McMahon in which he allegedly defecated on her head during the sex act, and that went on for some time. The lawsuit also includes screenshots of text messages allegedly sent from Vince McMahon to Janelle Grant. One of them says, and I quote, I'm the only one who owns you and controls who I want to F-you. That's how it appears in the lawsuit. There's another one where she says that McMahon shared nude photographs and explicit videos of her without her consent with other WWE employees, unnamed executives and stars of the company, and directed her to have sex with them. The lawsuit cites a text message allegedly sent by Vince McMahon in July of 2020 that said other people who worked for WWE wanted to have sex with Janelle Grant after seeing photographs of her on Vince McMahon's phone and that the group laughed when he told them, and I quote, she may scream and try to say no, although it would be difficult to say anything with a C dash down her throat. That's reported by the Wall Street Journal. Reports of this nature as well, one report I saw referred to Janelle Grant as, quote, a constantly abused sexual punching bag. This is the nature of the crimes that have been alleged and have been put forward as part of this lawsuit. Gosh, these are really harrowing allegations, Dave. You mentioned $15,000 worth of Bloomingdale vouchers. Do we have any other details on the gifts that Janelle alleged she was given? Yeah, the lawsuit goes into this in great detail that she was allegedly showered with gifts from Vince McMahon in 2020. And some of the things that are listed in the filing include $20,000 towards surgery paid directly to a surgeon's office, a pearl diamond pave lariat necklace from some very fancy outlet in Greenwich, Connecticut, a blue cashmere knee-length cardigan from Nordstrom, blue Burberry check cashmere scarf also from Nordstrom, Celine sunglasses, large bouquets of flour delivered approximately every other week. And that's in 2020. Now, in 2021, it's alleged that some of the gifts she received included a BMW 430XI, a $5,000 gift certificate to a spa, two private chef catered dinners in Vince McMahon's condo, food assortment displays, the list goes on. What is Vince McMahon's history with the WWE, Dave? He's quite ingrained in it. It's been part of the McMahon family for generations. Larger than life, Vince McMahon, more famous than some of the wrestling stars he helped create. He's the guy. I mean, he's it's the WWE is Vince McMahon. Um, you can't separate them. WrestleMania! 
I mean, the truth is, if Vince McMahon were to pass away tomorrow, his obituary would be the size of a book. This is, without question, without doubt, the single most powerful individual to ever work in the wrestling business. It's a family business. It kind of came down from his grandfather to his father to him eventually. It was initially the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Then it was the World Wrestling Federation. They actually had to change their name to WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, in 2002 after a copyright claim was put against them by the World Wildlife Fund, you know, the the Panda logo, (laughs) uh, which apparently infuriated Vince McMahon because he felt that the WWF, his WWF, was the much bigger thing. And it is a huge business, and he's been at the head of it for pretty much his entire life, his entire adult life. Back in the day, he took on all the independent territories around America and he said, I banked on the fact that they're all behind the times and they wear every single last one of them. He used very ruthless practices to kind of strip them of their talent, put them all into his organization and take it nationwide, worldwide. It's a huge success story. He's a ruthless businessman and a very problematic character even before this lawsuit arrives. I mean, he's been playing an on-screen character version of himself in his own company for a long time. A character that would engage in violence against other wrestlers, would engage in lots of strange sexual behavior on screen as well for years and years. That's not what you said. Bark like a dog. Come on. Tell me you're sorry. But the truth about Vince McMahon is that he has been at this juggernaut for so, so long. I mean, he's been described as more of a king than a CEO. And as a result, he expects people to act a certain way. His character is certainly an eccentric one. There's been reports of production meetings where somebody would sneeze and McMahon would balk at this and say, like, there's no such thing as being sick. He reportedly slept only a couple of hours a night. He was extremely hands-on at all the live shows, tearing up the scripts for the television shows, even as they're going on the air, and was reportedly a bit of a nightmare to work for because he had these insanely high standards. But the professional wrestling business, it must be said for anybody who's listening to this who just doesn't really pay attention to it, it is quite literally a circus. It is built on carnival roots. It's built on carnival grounds. It is effectively about separating a mark from his or her money. And that's the way it's gone. It's much more family friendly now, ironic, given the nature of this current story. But it is a business and one that has attracted people in their millions over time. And Vince McMahon has largely been at the head of all of the revolutionising moves within the industry. You mentioned him being his very own character as the CEO, Dave. I watched a video earlier of him and none other than Donald Trump battling it out at a massive WWE event. What were his links with Trump? They're friends. They're friends and they've worked together. I mean, at WrestleMania, I think it was the fourth WrestleMania, was actually held at Trump Tower back in the 80s. And Donald Trump was on camera in the front row enjoying himself. Uh, the thing that you're referring to is what was called the Battle of the Billionaires, which took place, I think, in 2007. And it was effectively Donald Trump comes in as a character, the real life version of him. He wasn't doing much different than he actually <laughs> He's be, not, no. No, no, that we've seen since. And essentially, they kind of battle against each other. They had a wrestler kind of fighting for each guy. And at WrestleMania culminated in this match where whoever lost would have to get their head shaved. Vince McMahon lost. Donald Trump actually doing the honors himself. One billionaire saving another billionaire's head. And King, one of the the great mysteries of life, has just been discovered. It was Mr. McMahon's real hair all along. Yeah, Donald Trump has been involved and Vince has actually donated quite a lot of money as well to the Donald Trump Foundation. So it very much is connected with him that way. And Vince's wife, Linda McMahon, who herself has played an on-screen character, in recent years has gotten into politics. She had a couple of failed bids for the US Senate, which cost millions and millions of dollars each time 
In the end, she finally wound up as part of Trump's cabinet as the head of small businesses. Thank you very much. Linda McMahon has done an incredible job as the head of the Small Business Administration. She has been a superstar. I've known her for a long time. I knew she was good, but I didn't know she was that good. She has been one of our all-time favourites. From a business perspective, Dave, how do you think this latest controversy has impacted WWE? Hugely negatively. I mean, if you look at the stock price for the TKO group, which owns WWE, it dropped by 4.4% following the Royal Rumble weekend, following the lawsuit coming out. And they had actually just previously signed a deal with Netflix only last week for $5 billion for their flagship show, Monday Night Raw, to air both in the US and also around the world. You know, if you're in Ireland, you'll get it on Netflix next year. So at the time, they were soaring. And business has been booming. It should be said as well that the wrestling business tends to go in cycles, but they have been enjoying a boom period in recent years. It's as hot as it's ever been. It's very, very popular. They're breaking records every time they do a live show. But this naturally has caused an awful lot of problems for them at a corporate level. And it's also made international headlines. We're talking about it now over here as well. Uh, you can't get away from this kind of thing. A lot of the time, a lot of this stuff stays within the wrestling bubble. But this is an international story. And it's interesting to kind of contrast like Vince McMahon when he comes out of that bubble. I referred to him earlier as a king, kind of surveying his own kingdom. But if you see him brush up against reporters, quote unquote, real journalists, it doesn't always go very well. I mean, there was one time when he was speaking to somebody following the death of Owen Hart, who was a wrestler who tragically fell from a great height when they were doing a stunt. There was a press conference held after the event and Vince McMahon chastised one of the reporters for effectively daring to challenge him. Uh, first of all, I, I resent your tone. Um, uh, I again. No, no, I resent your tone, lady, okay? You know, this was a tragic accident. It's a tragic accident. Don't try and put yourself in the spotlight here, okay? This was an accident. Do you understand what I'm saying? There was another time when he was asked by a reporter about why do wrestlers die so young in the industry, which is a huge problem and has been for quite some time. The lifespan of a professional wrestler, whether you think it's fake or not, the lifespan of these guys and, and women, it, it isn't great. And he was asked directly by a reporter, well, why do you think this is? And he absolutely got, be, became irate and, and challenged the reporter back and said he took no responsibility for this. He ended up slapping the papers out of the reporter's hand in a bizarre gesture. So even like back in... 2007, when a, a horrific story happened with a wrestler who was working for WWE called Chris Benoit, who murdered his wife and child and then killed himself. Vince McMahon and the wrestling industry were put under tremendous scrutiny. And he doesn't suffer fools gladly when it comes to anyone who challenges him and his business practices and his behavioral practices. So he is this very kind of wild figure. But with the current business situation, they've ridden so many storms out before. Vince has now stepped down. So the question is, can they ride this one out as well? But my understanding is he was forced to leave the company, the corporation in 2022 after the first, the initial lawsuit. So Dave, why did he return? Why was he able to return? And surely they knew that it would impact the business negatively. Yeah, so effectively he orchestrated a power play. So in the summer of 2022, he stepped down. There was no other choice. He had to go. And now this is before the company had been sold to Endeavor and fused with the UFC. So it seemed he was gone, like, and which shocked an awful lot of people because everyone figured that the only way that Vince McMahon would ever leave the WWE would be to be carried out of there in a box. What happened was he remained a shareholder. And by the time that January 2023 rolled around, he managed to pull a power move, which got himself back on the board. He made the argument 
argument that he would be integral to any future business deal, whether it's a television rights deal for one of the TV shows or whether it was the sale of the company, which had been much mooted at that time. Now, as it turned out, he was actually correct because when the Endeavour Group came along and a man called Ari Emanuel, who runs that group, he said that he wasn't going to sell the company or buy the company unless Vince McMahon was the one doing the deal. And they went on television together. Ari Emanuel all smiles with Vince McMahon saying, you know, I was going to body slam this guy if he thought he was leaving. So despite the fact that we thought he was gone forever, he managed to pull yet another power move, which actually worked out. And when the company was sold to Endeavour, its market value was $9.3 billion. And it's the next evolution of WWE. I could probably do what Ari is right now with UFC, it'd take me 10 years, you know. By the time I would grab those 10 years, you'd be 10 years ahead again. <laughs> so it's like, it makes all the sense in the world for all these synergies that we have, you know, to extract all of the value we can out of the marketplace. Dave, what's been the reaction by the WWE to the situation at the moment, or has there been one? It's been bizarre in some respects. I think it's been disappointing. They held an event last weekend called the Royal Rumble, which is one of their biggest shows that they do all year. It makes an awful lot of money. People tune in from around the world. And they started doing this thing in recent years. They've started holding press conferences after these shows in front of media people. Now, it's a strange thing. And listeners might be thinking that that is a bizarre thing to do because it's not, quote unquote, a real sport. It is sports entertainment, as they themselves say. So what you have is you have kind of like a football manager talking to reporters. But some of these reporters are YouTube content creators and they're not going to ask any hard questions. The truth is they're just happy to be there. But you will have some actual journalists who want to get to the heart of the story. So given that all this information happened with a lawsuit before the event, people wondered, will they actually go ahead with the press conference? They did go ahead with the press conference. There were lots of softball questions. But when Paul Levesque, who is the chief content officer, chief operating officer of WWE and a former wrestler named Triple H, who also just happens to be Vince McMahon's real life son-in-law, he was there in front of the media and he was asked questions about the lawsuit. And he said, well, I'm going to do exactly what you would expect me to do here. We just sold out the Royal Rumble, put 48,000 people in the Tropicana Field. I choose to, to focus on the positive. And yes, there's a negative, but uh, I, I want to focus on that and just keep it to that. Then he was asked again by another reporter, have you read the lawsuit? He said, no, I have not. And that raised so many eyebrows because you're like someone in his position, surely that's part of your job. With regards to the fans, how do you think the fans will react to allegations like this? Given the vast nature of how huge the fan base is for WWE, um, there are people who definitely have said, I'm absolutely disgusted by this, I'll never tune in again. There are people who would have tuned into the Royal Rumble no problem at the weekend, as if nothing had happened. And you also have a strange tribalism that has emerged, much like you see with football clubs, whether you're a supporter of whatever team. People support the WWE more so than they support the wrestlers in question. They want this to go away. They want WWE to not have these horrible scandals and they want it to just be this method of escapism and, you know, WrestleMania is coming up and we're all on the road to WrestleMania. But you'll have also people who support their rival, another company, and they are actually like, no, this is this is good news because the company's going down. But it isn't good news because at the heart of this story is a woman. And if her lawsuit is correct, if the details of what she's saying are true, this is a woman who has been horrific 
horrifically treated. And it also speaks to an overall culture of a very problematic industry. Massive change needs to occur here from the top down. Whether it does or not, we don't know. The fans are, you know, they're the money, they're there, and they say they care about them, but they're small fish by comparison. This speaks more to corporate malfeasance and, and ill corporate governance. It speaks to disgraceful human behaviour. And we need to see what exactly will happen now going forward. Vince McMahon has resigned. And what have the WWE said about the situation? Dave effectively pointed to his own statement in his resignation. So he said that he's stepping down for the overall good of the company and the fans, etc., etc. Now, he is saying that he's vigorously defending his claims. He's saying that this is a spurious lawsuit. The allegations are untrue and he will continue to fight as he looks forward to clearing his name. Should be noted as well that as part of his contract, the only way that Vince could be removed from this position was either via his own resignation, incapacitation or death. So it's unknown if any pressure was put upon him or even could have been put upon him. But right now, it does seem like he's gone and the company are looking to effectively bury him. They've removed a lot of his content from their website. They're trying to kind of just get out of the story and kind of leave him in the past. So as more details of the allegations and Janelle's lawsuit come about now, Dave, what next for the case and what next for the WWE? Well, as noted, Vince McMahon is contesting his innocence. He said he will cooperate with investigations. But industry insiders have said that the Endeavor Group, which owns the overall TKO Group, will not want this to go to a criminal trial. This is currently a civil case. It is expected that some form of settlement will be offered to her, but that remains to be seen. It remains to be seen what legs this has. And particularly from a media perspective, will the story in fact die down? It's very unlikely that Vince McMahon will ever actually appear again within the confines of WWE, but we have said that before. And people have also speculated that he still has people within the company who will report back to him, who will act on his behalf. Ronda Rousey, ex-UFC, ex-WWE performer, put out a tweet at the weekend saying that there are people there who act as his avatars. So he's never really gone until you do the clear out of overall people. The company are going to want to get beyond this as fast as possible. They do not want this to go to trial. And my thanks to Dave Hanratty. I'm Denise Callanan, and this episode of the Indo Daily was produced by Garrett Mulhall, researched by Tabitha Monaghan and Dave Hanratty, with sound by Rory Bones. Clips are from WWE, CBS, Fox 32 Chicago, CNN and HBO. If you've been affected by anything on today's podcast, you can find a list of helplines on the Irish Independent website. Just search someone to talk to. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave us a review. We're offering Indo Daily listeners 50% off an Irish independent digital subscription. Head over to independent.ie forward slash redeem to sign up for unlimited access to premium content, e-paper, puzzles and more. Just enter the code INDO, that's I-N-D-O, to receive 50% off your subscription. Stay informed and engage. Subscribe today.